0: Ever quit a job, ever redefined yourself within one, ever started something one big or failed. Quit is a call-in show, hopefully helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, and kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. If you'd like to call into the show, you can do so if you're listening live. The number to dial is 512 518 Again, five one two five one eight five seven one four, and you can listen live. If you're listening to this as a podcast, you can listen live at five p.m. Eastern time on Fridays by going to five by five.tv/live. Today with me, Marco Arment, who used to do used to do a show right here called Build and Analyze. Now going on to do some other shows, but the the, the reason I think that uh, that you're here today isn't to talk of necessarily about the other shows is something big happened yep. for you. Uh, people probably, many people know you from your work on Tumblr. Many more know you from the work that you've done with Instapaper, building that application and the web service and everything that goes into doing that, running it for years. Now, all of a sudden, this announcement comes out that you have sold this thing. And uh, the details of this are on marco.org, which will be linked to in the show notes, 5x5.tv slash quit slash 21. And uh, you have an article here that you came out with on April 25th, which was yesterday, the next generation of Instapaper. I'm thinking, okay, you know, he's going to talk about some new features or something. But that it turns tough. out that the new feature is not, it's, <laughs> it's not, a, it's, it's that you, you, you saw, how did you come to this thing? How did well, you the, decide I mean, to do this? I mean, what, a, out of the blue, it's out of the blue. Putting a title out the title
1: on that post was uh, surprisingly difficult. Like coming up with the right title. Um, the reason I, I, I was, I was thinking some on, along on the lines of like, you know, new to Instapaper, a staff, you know, <laughs> something like that. But, uh, I, I think, you know, the problem I was facing was I had this business, I've been running it almost entirely myself. You know, there were no other full timers. It was just, just me. And then I would occasionally use contract work uh, to help out with some of the edge cases, but it was, I was never using contract programming work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't really out. The only thing I really outsourced significantly was, uh, was Richard Dunlop Walters editing uh, the feature formerly, give me something to read. Right. And, um, and answering support email. Cause those, those two things were very easy to outsource kind of orthogonal to what I was doing anyway. So it was really, uh, it was really quite easy. So, but, but you know, the rest of the time it was really just me doing everything myself and uh, increasingly, not doing things, you know, because increasingly I I was facing kind of a really kind of a downward spiral of uh, I was losing motivation because I was just falling so far behind in things I wanted to do and in just basic maintenance tasks like, you know, maintaining the text parser and updating the iPhone app on a regular basis and stuff like that. It was really i wasn't I wasn't just unable to make big changes anymore. I was like almost paralyzed making any changes because I was so bogged down by by busy work and by like critical things that I was never like i would I would be attending to like minor server needs here and there um, fairly frequently or um, or just you know answering email or doing the taxes and just there was so much stuff involved in just keeping this thing running. And none of it was particularly uh, severe, just there was a lot of little stuff. And at the same time, I've been increasingly distracted by other things I wanted to be doing. You know, I have, you know, sin- <laughs> since we last talked on right, the air, right. uh, I've started two podcasts. Um, the magazine is still going great. Like, Build and Analyze ended um, only a few weeks after the magazine started publishing. Or like month like a month and a half, something like that it was it was pretty early on um, so the magazine's been doing great. I've been trying to do a lot more on my blog trying to trying to post more, trying to write you know fewer linked list items and more articles um, and you can you can see how how much or how little success I've had with some of those things, but uh, that's at least been the point so I was basically i I think actually justin W underscore in the chat room nailed it. I was starting to get burned out. I really was. I, I was. It was increasingly obvious to me that uh, I was falling behind on Instapaper to such a degree that I was simply not going to ever be able to do the next big step for it. You know, I, I, was, I was talking for months, even back in Build and Analyze, I was talking about doing a big Instapaper version 5.0. And all the things I wanted to do with that are either not started... Or are in like a prototype stage and and not anywhere near completion. And it takes, and I wanted to have a major redesign as part of it and all this stuff. And there was, it, I had so much like, but you just couldn't started. get up
0: the the energy to say, I want to, I want to do all of this stuff.
1: It was a combination. It, it I, And I think, you know, I don't want to downplay the burnout and the fact that I was kind of getting tired of it after five years. You know, those, those are very significant issues that I was having, but I think it was also like, it, it's discouraging when you're facing a tremendous problem. It's discouraging to start. Because, and you, you know, you've talked about it before. Like, you know, you got to break it down into small chunks and everything. And that, that helps a lot. But I was looking at this saying, okay, here's the vision I have for the future of this product. Here, Here's what I want it to be in six months. And looking at that and saying, looking at my life objectively, there is never going to be another six month period where I will both have the time to do all those things and be motivated to spend that on this so it was really a combination of burnout and just a very daunting uh, vision of what I wanted to do next and it, it just it was just a, a fatal combination and and I really should have probably sold the company six months ago or, Why or do you maybe say that? well because all these factors were were the case then too like I, i've been I've been failing to keep up with with instapaper very well for almost a year i mean it's and and it was it was very obvious to me last fall in fact i i had originally mentioned the idea of selling it to a friend of mine um back in like october that was that was when i was first having these ideas but then i i thought you know let me let me you know let me give it a couple of months and let me try to start working on some of the stuff i want to do and see see if i get the motivation back see if any of it ends up being easier than i expect it to be um you know see see if i really get that back or i was thinking back then too like do i hire somebody do i hire multiple people mm-hmm. uh, can i afford that and and if not then what do i do like there's 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 so much there was so much going on in my head about what i should do with this and it was a massive amount of stress and a massive amount of guilt be, that I was feeling. And and I think, you know, I, I think a lot of people, I mean, I've never really talked to a whole lot of people who've had this exact situation of, you know, some business they're running that they can't keep up with, but they can't really hire anybody either. Um, you know, it's well, instantly- something, or,
0: let me, let me interrupt you. Sure. Why, why couldn't you hire someone? Why couldn't you just say, and you know, the last time that I was, uh, well, One of the last couple of times I was talking to to Matt Howey, Metafilter, he and I were talking about hiring and I had asked him, how do you know when it's time to hire? How do you know who to hire? And he said, and we were just talking about this with some friends last night. He's, uh, you know, the the answer for him, and and it's made sense for me, and I've talked to other people about it too, and it, it seems obvious when you hear it, is figure out the things that you like to do least, find somebody who likes to do those things and hire them, hire them to do it. Why didn't you... Just say, okay, you know, I don't, I don't like to run servers. I'm going to find someone who I can pay a couple hours a week to run the servers. I don't like to answer emails. I'm going to have someone to, and we've talked about how you know you you've outsourced support to some degree before on the other show. Uh, why not just find those things and find one or two people part time, full time, whatever's necessary to to do that?
1: That's a really good question. I mean, and I thought about. It. I mean that was that was the option I had in my head for for probably a month, and i was I was starting to plan out like okay here's how here's how I'm gonna do this, here's how I'm gonna pay for it, here's you know blah 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 but uh there were there are a few challenges with that, one of them is that the things I wanted to outsource were the core business parts like <laughs> like I wanted to outsource like the website the entire website because I hate developing the websites <laughs> I wanted to outsource that entire thing uh but that's really important and Anybody who is good enough to do that to my standards, uh, not only is going to be hard, I mean, they, they exist, certainly, but not only is that going to be a person who's very hard to find, but I don't know if I could afford that. You know, so that's that's a big challenge, too. You know, I, I don't want to, if I'm going to outsource the critical product development parts of this, like working on the website, or even, God forbid, working on the iOS app, uh, which previously was my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to outsource that... Mm-hmm that that's gonna require a really really good team, and I'm not sure that I would even be able to find it. i mean i, I i've never, I've never hired anybody I've never managed anybody directly in that way um, so I don't even know if I could be that kind of boss and build that kind of team you know and and i and the the experience I have managing contractors uh indicates that I'm probably a terrible boss and I probably shouldn't be having anybody. Um, I shouldn't be outsourcing things to people that I need to manage in that way. So that, that was a big problem for me. And I, I had a great talk um, a few months back with underscore David Smith and, and that's I, I a, don't want that's his
0: full name by the way.
1: Yes. He, he's dropped the underscore since <laughs> then, but, but I, I always say it in my head still every time. And uh, and it, it was a private conversation, so I don't want to tell you too much about it, but because it was off the air. But uh, he basically, you know, I, I ran this by him, and I said, "Hey, look, here's the problem I'm facing. Here's some options I'm considering. You know, what do you think I should do here?" And because he's he's been through all this, he's he's been through selling companies, hiring people, doing things himself, letting things stagnate if he chooses to. Like he's done all of these things, and he gave me some really great advice, and his. He was, he was mainly pushing for just keep it and don't hire people because he's, he's had mixed experience hiring people. So, and he's talked about this before. Um, so for a while I thought, okay, let me try just keep it. Because that was, that was one option too. It's like, well, it's still bringing in money. It still has people using it. One option is just continue letting it run the way I've been running it for the last year, which is basically letting it stagnate. And that actually was a pretty compelling option Because I thought, well, I don't have to hire anybody. It's, it's working in, in the most basic sense. Like it is working, it is bringing in the money and it's not, it's not losing money. Um,
0: were you getting complaints from people? Were people sitting there saying, Hey, uh, this is, this is not what I want. This other app has these features. Why don't you, was it, was it at that point?
1: You know, and uh, to, to address that for a second, a lot of people think, Oh, is this about pocket or readability or whatever, the competition? And, uh, Honestly, it's not. This is about Instapaper. And, and I mean that exactly as it sounds like. I don't mean that to say that I'm, that I'm going to ignore the fact that, that competition exists. I, I mean that. Did the,
0: the co- fact that there was competition make it easier for you to say, you know what, there are other solutions out there? Or was, it st- was that still not in play?
1: Oh, no. I don't want people going to use them. <laughs> no, but uh, it, the problem, the reason why this was failing for me was not because of competition. Certainly competition didn't help, but that's not, that was not the main problem. The main problem was that I was neglecting Instapaper. That's the main problem. And I mean, I've had competition for the entire five years I've been running the service. You know, no one, it's never been a problem before. It was, it was only a problem in this last year because I was neglecting Instapaper. That's the root of it. And so I thought, you know, if I continue to, to neglect it and just kind of, you know, continue putting in the same minimal effort I've been putting in, never do another major upgrade again. Um, that kind of sucks for Instapaper, and it sucks for my customers, and it sucks for me because like, every day I get people yelling at me on Twitter that I'm not dealing with, with their bug fast enough or I'm not adding this feature fast enough or I just haven't issued an update to the app in a while. And the fact is, they were right. All of those things, all those people were exactly right and so reading that every single day just crushed my spirit. Every single day, reading a bunch of people yelling at me that I'm not doing what they need me to do with my product. And I knew they were right. So that's where all this guilt came from. And this massive burden on me of like – and this this has been a huge burden on me for almost a year. I mean it's, it's really um, –
0: so why, why all along, why didn't yeah. you just say, you know what, I'm not motivated to do this, it's not really my thing, but it, damn it, I have to do it because I've got people who expect it and whether I like it or not, whether I want to or not, I just better do it.
1: Well, so that's the thing. Um, basically, Instapaper, for better and for worse, was my job for the last few years. It was my full-time job since I left Tumblr in 2010. Mm-hmm. So it was my job. Now, in most cases as anyone familiar with this show uh, can probably attest, in most cases, if you're really unhappy and you can't motivate yourself to do the thing at your job that you need to do, or if your responsibilities at your job have just become impossible and you can't even address them all quickly enough and you're just constantly failing and constantly disappointing people, the right answer usually is to quit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, but the problem is, like, when you're the only person in a company, when it's your company and it's a one-person company, you can't quit unless you just shut it down. And Instapaper is too big and too good for that to be a fair outcome. So, so you never
0: considered just
1: shutting it down? Never, no. I, I would have the the worst case scenario in my head was that I would just let it keep running and let it stagnate. That was that was like my my nuclear option it is not. I was—I never considered shutting it down, not even for a second, because I still use it. I use it constantly, mm-hmm. but you know what? I hardly ever read anything because I haven't had time. Mm. <laughs> I save things to it a lot, <laughs> but look—you know, yeah—that—that that was never an option. But I felt all that guilt of like, well, here, here I've created this job for me, and and a lot of that guilt is like, well, this is—I'm in a pretty fortunate situation here. I'm my own boss with my own product and it, makes, it, make, it still makes money so it can still fund you know, my survival and my life and my family. So like, what am I complaining about? Like, I felt guilty even thinking about in my head not doing this or not wanting to do this. Like the, it, there was that source of guilt too. It's like, I'm in this fortunate situation but I don't want it anymore. But you, you can't even really talk about that. You can't really even admit that to yourself. You know. So that was a big problem for me. And again, that that is being a that has been a big problem for me for a year. And I've been just really unhappy for a lot of this year. And that's the the only way out that was there there were only two ways, or there were three ways out. Sell it, um, which, you know, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta find somebody who wants to buy it for reasonable, reasonable terms, you know. So sell it or turn it into something that I don't want. Like if I go raise money and hire 10 people, then I'm running that kind of company and I don't want that job either. (laughs) You know, that's the last thing I'd want is to be a manager of a funded company with 10 employees and trying to get on that treadmill. And I don't want that, you know? So, and and I would rather let it stagnate than do that. So letting it stagnate though is kind of terrible for my customers. And, that wouldn't solve the guilt issue. I would still wake up every day and hear from a bunch of people who are calling me out on neglecting this thing. So, really, the best option was to sell it. And, because I know, know, well, I mean, the best option would have been for me to dump everything else I was doing and just keep doing this over and over again every day and just shut up and be happy about it. But I know myself well enough to know that my motivation will never come back.
0: So... Now, I do think that you would have been as confident to sell it if you hadn't have had the
1: success that you've had with the magazine. I think people overestimate my success with the magazine.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, regardless of uh, – I'm, you know, I'm not going to put you on the spot and say tell me – I mean unless they want to. Tell me exactly how much it makes for you, but it, it, it makes enough, I would assume, that – not have, I mean, obviously you've, you made some money with Instapaper when you sold it. You wouldn't sell anything for, nobody's going to sell something like that and not make some money about it. I'm not going to put you on this. People want me to, by the way, everybody mm-hmm. wants me to ask you. So I will ask you how much money did you make on the sale? I don't expect you to answer. You can say pass. But the, the point is you made some money on that and you're making some money from the magazine enough to live. I'm going to guess enough to yeah, live that you don't but, have to, you don't, you're not freaking, you're not freaking out about money right now.
1: No, I'm not. Um, the Instapaper deal, um, I don't, if it was just me involved, I would be happy to tell you the the type of deal it was. But um, because there's another party involved, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily just my story to tell. Um, but the fact is, um, you it is right. not what most people would expect. You know, I didn't make some giant amount of money up front and then that's it. It's, it's a long term deal. So uh, anyway, um, and it's funny, you know, people. <laughs> I think people think I have a lot more money than I really. Well, do. Yeah, I mean, you,
0: you know, you're driving an M5 around, you have fancy coffee. You I got know. a
1: great deal on that. <laughs> I did,
0: you know. But th- this is this is the thing. It's like, okay, Marco goes out, he buys an M5, he's driving around, uh autobahn in Germany for a while. He comes back. Ah, by the way, I sold this uh, company. I got this magazine. I'm doing some podcasts. I mean, it it sound it seems like you know you're you're jet setting a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, and the funny thing is that I actually had to plan the uh, M5 and the trip that it went along with it in January, which was before I even approached Betaworks to buy instapapers. So you came to but, them, uh, well, you
0: went to them. Hold on, I, I got to, oh, hang on. Let's, this is what we, and this is good for you because I know you're doing shows now. So this is what we call a teaser. I want to hear more about, about what the deal was with with uh, how this thing went down with Betaworks because not everybody can walk in, you know, walk down the street, Brooklyn Street, Knock on someone's door and say, maybe you buy my company. It's it's a done deal. So I want to hear about that story. Let me tell you about shutterstock.com first. 20 million stock photos. They got got vectors. They got illustrations. They got video clips. Everything you want for whether it's a website, maybe you're doing an ad, maybe you're doing a creative project. It doesn't matter. You are probably not going to be able to go out and take the kinds of pictures. At least I know I can take the kind of pictures or create the illustrations or do the videos that these guys have thousands and thousands and thousands of them there for you to choose from. They're doing something like 10,000 images a month, which is, or a, a day. This is what does my notes say? I don't see how that's possible. I think it is. You need one image. You go buy the one image. You can go and use these light boxes, which are amazing. You create light boxes, you categorize the images. You can share the light boxes with people. When I was sick a couple of weeks ago, Merlin went and he put together a light box of uh, sick children six children and and that was the light box that uh, he made just for me shared it with me you can do this with an iPad app it's really awesome stuff and uh, they have 24 hour support during the week they have a dedicated account rep if you want one because you can if you're like uh, Jason Snell you know over there running Macworld you don't want one image you want this enhanced license that lets you use images over and over and and they're all the high quality images they don't charge you more for the high resolution stuff so you can sign up for a free account you can do all the stuff I'm talking about for free over at shutterstock.com you don't even have to give them a credit card the code you're going to use when you're ready to buy something dan sent me and then 4 the number 4 dan sent me 4 what will that get you 30% off anything that you buy so stock up shutterstock.com you know what they can run with that they stock up that that can be theirs all right so you you how does this happen the beta works guys for those who don't know beta works went out and they uh, they Oh, look at that! Right there on Betaworks.com. they got your uh, your whole Insta Paper thing up there with the big announcement. Mm-hmm. But if you go and you click on products over there, you see they've got Dig, Chartbeat, Bitly, Social Flow, Blog Lovin', Giphy, Tapestry, and now Insta Paper. So much for our alphabetical order. <laughs> so you know why why these guys? Did You just happen to know them? Were you out there seeking a company saying, "I want"? Was there a point, Marco, where you said, I just want to sell, I want to sell this company in this business and I'm now looking for someone to buy it or was it, or what? I mean, walk me through how, how this went. People are saying, hey, you know, this was your baby. This was mm-hmm. your baby. And if you have a real baby and someone says that to you, you're like, no, it wasn't my baby is something I care a lot about. It wasn't a baby. Right.
1: But you, this was your baby. <laughs> and I have a real baby. You I just, have one. You just turned one. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Yeah, it really is. So how did you do it? Were you,
0: were you thinking, I want to sell this, I need to find someone to buy it, or how did this go down?
1: So I was worried about selling it, uh, the idea of selling it for a while, because we've all seen what happens in this business when you sell companies. Usually they get shut down within like six months or a year, because usually, you know, like, the com- like big products like Instagram and YouTube, when they get bought for like a billion dollars or mm-hmm. more, um, they're fine because the the company who was buying those was buying them to get the products. Um, but when smaller companies are bought, you know, small companies in the range of you know like you know basically under under fifty million dollar acquisitions usually, um, which I know that's a crazy amount of money, but you know it all goes to VCs anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know when, when smaller companies are bought in the tech business, usually they're not bought for the products; they're bought for the people. And so, you know, that's the aqua hire, which is a terrible word, mm-hmm. but uh, usually they're bought, by the, they're bought for the people. And so therefore, uh, the, the acquiring company usually shuts down the acquired product uh, fairly soon after acquiring it because once they hire those people and they reassign them to different parts of, the, of their own company where they actually want to use them, um, then their old product is kind of a nuisance. You know, it's, it's just a cost center at that point and, and it is a distraction. Um, so that's why you have like, you know, like Sparrow was a great example where Google bought Sparrow because Google runs, I think, the second biggest uh, email service in the world, um, or is it is it the biggest now? I know Yahoo was always up there. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, you know, Google wanted to reassign those people to work on Gmail, and so Sparrow was kind of this distraction, so they killed it. You know, and Yahoo bought Sumly and immediately shut it down as part of the announcement that they bought it. Um, because that they seem to have bought it for some kind of contract thing with Sri, not even for the company at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that happens all the time in this business, and users hate it, and understandably, because you know the last thing I would want would be to sell Instapaper to some giant company and go work for them. First of all, because I don't really want to go work for a big company. I, I really like being independent, and I don't want to move to California. And, and so you know I you know I have my whole family set up here in New York. So like there's all sorts of reasons why I don't want to be part of an acquihire personally and then it sucks for the users and the product because it usually gets killed and so you know I would I really really wanted to find an option for selling this that didn't require me to go work for somebody else and wouldn't result in a very likely soon shutdown of the product and that, there aren't that many options to do that so for a while that's why I was thinking I can't really sell this because who the hell would I sell it to? You know who who could I find that would have any money to buy it? Like they has to be big enough to be able to run it and to be able to pay me for it in some way, either now or you know ongoing profit share in the future. Um, they have to find some way to pay me, and they have to have enough of a scale to run the service and enough of a scale to staff it. You know, because the whole problem is it needs a staff. <laughs> so there really aren't a lot of companies out there. that that are like that and most of them are uh you know most of them i've never heard of so i don't really know even where to look now betaworks uh they were an early tumblr investor and i think technically that it might be inaccurate because i think it might have been just the founder john borthwick who was the investor something like that but anyway they were involved in early tumblr investment and we would go to their office all the time they they have this uh like lunchtime lecture series where they invite cool people and talk about lunch or talk about stuff over lunch. So we've been in their office so many times. I've talked to them so many times. I've even talked to them about business things in the past. Cause we, we actually almost did a deal with Instapaper like four years ago. Um, just like a licensing thing. So I've, I've known them for a long time and what made me consider them for this was recently, um, I, I don't know how recently, maybe a year ago now they bought dig and, Totally revamped it, and the new Dig is actually really good. And everyone thought everyone thought at the time they bought it, everyone thought Dig was dead; they were done for. And BetaWorks bought it. Um, You know, they basically just bought the name. I I don't think they kept any of the original product because it was dead, right? Um, And they totally revived it. They built um, something
0: nine months ago, I think.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and they they built something really great there, and people like it a lot. And and I know, and you know, people people say a lot of people say they've never heard of betaworks before this but you've almost certainly heard of their products one of the biggest ones is bitly and and they have, they have chartbeat and a few other ones but you know bitly's everywhere that's the url shortener um also the j.mp host that's just a bitly alias um so like they and they've uh, they've been involved in lots of like lots of medium sized things like that so i knew that they had the talent to run something like that, you know cuz i'm not going to give in this paper to somebody who who won't be able to run it like you know, if you don't know how to run something that has 12 servers, well, you know, that's going to be a problem. Um, so I had to, I had to find, I I had to think about somebody who could run it and they popped into my head one night and I thought that is perfect because I know them. I know they have good product sensibility. I know they can run it. They can probably pay me something for it. And you know, we can, work. I knew I could work with them on a business deal because I, I, I talked to them in the past in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I went in there and we talked about it and they were like, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's, you know, let's see if we can make it work. Like, you know, number wise and term wise and logistics wise, you know, it, from the very start, both sides, we were like, I was like, I want to sell this to you. And they said, we want to buy it from you. <laughs> so let's, you know, let's, if we can make it work, let's do it. And
0: well, really, it's with, a, diff- within a, different a couple story, of weeks, we had a deal. It's a, it's a very different story than the, you hear most of the time because, First of all, I I hear from a lot of people that nowadays building something to get hired is, is a motivation. I know it wasn't for you, for a lot of people. It, it, was, it is a motivation. It's, it's like the ultimate resume slash job interview is to build something that you know will get acquired, not only because you're probably going to make some money, but because you want to be part of the company that you think is going to acquire you. You want to work for Google and you don't just want to work up the ranks and start out in, you know, some lowly developer and work your way up. You want to be like, oh, you want to walk in and be some kind of, you know, creative director type or, you know, that level. Well, the way that you're going to do that is you're going to build something really cool. They're going to write out a check. You're going to go get to work at, at Google. And you know what? You always want to move to San Francisco anyway. There are people that is their plan. That is what they want to do. And and for them, getting acquired not because uh, you know because they came out with something neat. It's just that's just proves that they they they're good at doing something.
1: Right. Yeah. And I for think, you, that I think was like, totally not the reason at all. Exactly. Like for me, I I really like working for myself. I really like being independent. I really don't like working for other people. And you're more and independent
0: so, now, maybe than ever.
1: Yeah, uh, you know. So you're I writing. Really, you're really writing like, no code
0: now. No code for for insta no, paper. For insta paper.
1: You're right. done. Oh yeah, from this point forward, yeah, no code. I'm done. I mean, I, I, right now, I'm like I'm still running the servers for the next few days until I transfer everything over to them. But uh, but officially, you know, like the deal is closed. They own it. It's it's done on paper. And then we just have to spend a couple of weeks like moving everything over basically um you know a whole bunch of crap with accounts and stuff it's mostly boring stuff, but um you know in a couple of weeks, I will be effectively done with operating it um and I'll still be advising them on it, but that's a very different role than running it every day you know <laughs> so um and that that was really it like i I went to them because I knew they would be great for it, and I also knew that I really couldn't think of anyone else I wanted to buy it. And, and you know, it's a lot like when, when you go in for a job interview and and people tell you, you know, you should be interviewing them, you know, because f- it's it's your life and, you know, you should be, you usually go into that, like, you know, basically confidently that you are interviewing them to see if you, you want to work for them, right? This is, I kind of felt similar with this, like, I don't want to sell this to just anybody because it really matters who I sell it to. Right. It matters for me, it matters for my customers, uh, it matters for the product, so... I was going in there, like interviewing them to see if I wanted to sell it to them. And that's probably fairly unusual um in at in this business and at this scale. Um I was lucky that I knew them from the Tumblr days. You know, I, I don't know I don't know if just anybody could do that, but uh, you know, that that's fine for Merlin. But uh I you know, it, it happened to work out that way for me, and I guess that was good, but um yeah, I don't. I can't really make any general lessons from that, except that it really does matter who buys your product. And I think, um, I think if you really care about your product, you should really consider who's buying it if you're going to sell it.
0: So let's say you walked in there and you presented this to them, and they said, "You know what? We'd love to buy this thing, but right now can't do it. Can't make it happen. Maybe another six months. Maybe another year."
1: I don't know where, what I would have done. Where would you have been? <laughs> I mean,
0: would would ha- shutting this thing down? Have been the next choice for you, or would hiring some and it seems like you're really like wary of hiring other people. Does that does that mean so part two of this question? Does that mean that you would never do a business where you have to have employees? Is it always gonna be just you?
1: I don't know the answer to that. I mean, so I have the magazine and Glenn Fleischman does he the works vast majority of the work. He's an and he works for me as a contractor. Mm-hmm. Um, but he really does the vast majority of the work. The app for the magazine, which so always my responsibility, like the app and the website. Uh, I mean, the website could use could use some help, but the the app is basically done. Like, there, I mean, I, the only reason I would need to modify the app is if we were adding some kind of crazy new feature, or if I wanted to like redesign it, revamp the whole navigation scheme, something like that, which I might do in the future. But for now, the app is effectively done. I don't really need to do anything for it. Um, Glenn does you know, 95% of the work easily. So the magazine doesn't really take a lot of my time. It's really a side project. And I think it will stay a side project for me. Um, And I think it was easy to, it was easy to hire Glenn because I could tell within the first week of running that, that I was not going to be able to be the editor myself forever. I, you know, I was the editor for the first couple of issues and then I realized, Oh crap, this is way more work than I thought it was. And there are way better people at doing this than me. And, and I don't enjoy doing it as much as I thought I would. Mm. <laughs> uh, the editing role. So, and I met Glenn almost immediately. I met him like three days after it launched uh, in person and, uh, and, you know, we clicked well and, and he wanted to do it and he was very, very qualified to do it. So I thought, hey, this is great. You know, let, let's try him out. And I think it was, it, it, it that works because Glenn is doing a job that is very self-contained, so I don't have to manage him. Um, He's not the kind of person that needs needs or wants to be managed at all anyway, um, so that's nice. Like, we're both very, both Glenn and I are happy with me not managing him. And that's a job that doesn't really have, like, he's doing such a good job at it that I never feel the need to intervene. And I I really don't want to be doing that job. Whereas, like, the iOS development of an app I love that and and I really want to be doing that, and the idea of outsourcing that to somebody is uh i don't know i don't know if I could do that, but also I know that most like most of the roles that I would think about hiring people for instapaper for would be things that again that I would have to manage, and I really did not want to do that and and I know that i'm I'm just not good at that, and I just don't want to be a manager I really don't, so it works with Glenn. Because I don't have to manage him, it worked with Instapaper with with uh, Richard Dunlop Walters doing support and the feature. Because I didn't have to manage him either, so if I can find totally unmanaged people, like I can ha- I can outsource some things to them, but I think the core product development I'm always going to want to do myself, and a lot of businesses that's most of the work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't see myself. Really starting up like a, a big multi person full time company doing you know multi multiple people doing core development I, I don't see that happening but I don't know I you know people change who knows who knows what I'll think in five years or even two years I have no idea.
0: So, I mean maybe it's too soon to say but what do you think you're going to be working on next What's the the main thing I mean you've got the magazine going but that isn't something you're doing constantly You've got some podcasts going I mean it, or do you have another app in mind Are you working on something else Is it Are you just gonna you know, do the, do the thing that everybody does when they sell their business, just kick back and relax, you know, spend some time on the beach. What
1: are you going to do? No, I definitely can't do that. Um, I think what I'm going to do, what I've already kind of started doing is I I have a couple of ideas that I'm toying with in my head. I've started over the last few months, a few like little prototype apps for a couple of different ideas of apps I might want to make. Ultimately what I want to be doing is making an iOS app again. I really like doing that. And, uh, I, I I'm not the kind of person who can like retire and sit on a beach forever and not be bored senseless after a day or two. Like I I cannot do that. Um. So what I'm most likely to do, I mean, who knows again? But what I'm most likely to do is start a new app and release it. I don't know six months whenever it's ready. I, I really have no idea what it's going to be yet. Again, I you know I've started a couple of prototypes, but I don't I don't know which one is going to be the winner and uh, and when that might be. I, I was kind of. Um, kind of hoping that wbdc would uh would help inspire me to go one direction or another um depending on you know what ios 7 changes and you know if there's any new crazy opportunities in the market that it opens up because usually new ios versions come with new opportunities in the market um so i don't know i'm probably going to wait until then before really going full steam on something but until then i have some prototypes i'm doing and uh and I'm kind of enjoying having more time for just writing, podcasting, you know, building little things, um, be, you know, being creative in those ways, in smaller ways, but that's not going to be for me forever. So certainly, um, probably this summer, I'm going to really start full time on something else.
0: Because if you think about this, you launched Instapaper, I'm just looking at my notes and also this recent post that, uh, that's here again, it'll be in the show notes, 2008. And you were working full time at that time,
1: yep, I was working at Tumblr, which you said is not possible I uh, well, here's
0: what I've said, and this is <laughs> this is where i'm you're already you're already there. this is where I'm going.
1: oh finally, we can talk about this. I was hearing you talk about this with Merlin like a year ago, and I was yelling at you guys on the train <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> like like all crazy people who ride exactly trains. uh. I don't believe, this is my theory, and I've said it a lot on this show, it is not possible to be be successful at your job and also start a successful business and run both of them simultaneously. Eventually you get to a point where one of them, both of them, and usually your personal life family life suffers and you need to make a choice. And the choice is either, do I take this thing that I'm doing independently and focus it and make it better and take it to, to real success? Or do I, at this point, do I shut it down? Do I sell it? Do I stop focusing on it? Whatever. And make the, make the job that I'm doing. I do not believe that it's possible to be a 100% success in your job and hundred percent, devoted and successful to your side business.
1: Are I would you, say you, that's, that's true. However, um, I don't think I've ever worked a job that I've been a hundred percent devoted to. And maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm not that great of an employee. After just, all. Maybe
0: you're just a bad employee. Uh, like I always was.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've always had side projects just most of them never became anything. And most of them weren't that useful, <laughs> but I've always been doing side projects of some sort or another. Um, And so I don't really, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to really say whether I'd be, uh, whether you're wrong about that assertion or not, because I've never really been in the situation where I was giving a hundred percent to a job. I mean, I've, I've worked well at jobs. Like I've given a solid 80%, uh, (laughs) yeah,
0: sometimes. Do you have the theory that your 80% is like 120% of what a, a normal human could do? There's a lot of people who'll be like well, who I, I only need I mean, to I only need to give 50%. And they they're still happy with it. And maybe that's true.
1: Well, I mean, I don't, you know, who knows? Developers work at very different rates and very, I mean, and my, and my productivity is always like a roller coaster. Uh I've always I've always had like, you know, I'll 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 goof off and browse the web at work for four days of the week and then on the fifth day get a burst of productivity in the morning and pound out the most amazing code ever in th- in three hours straight.
0: I think, see, I think that's <laughs> very, very typical though of myself and of other developers where yeah, I've heard know, that a lot. You can spend days where you're like, I, I probably wrote an hour worth of code today, or I probably wrote, wrote an hour of whatever, if you're a writer, I probably worked for an hour. And then all of a sudden you will get a burst of whether you call it inspiration, call it creative energy, whatever it is. You'll get that and then all of a sudden you'll be like, man, and then a day or two will go by and you'll be like,
1: I just wrote two weeks worth of code in the last, you know, 14 hours. Right. And really, and, you know, now, ever since I've been working at home for myself and this is when I left Tumblr to do Instapaper, um, this has been the first time I've ever worked at home and and definitely the first time I've ever worked for myself. And so I thought, you know, this will be great. I'll have... Uh, now I'll have all day every day to work on this thing where I've only ever had a few hours here and there at night to work on it before. Well, it turns out, turns out <laughs> that uh, that I have the exact same pattern with my own projects as I do with anybody else's. Right. I'll have I'll have the exact same you know bursty roller coaster of productivity that I you know that I have with anyone else's stuff. I have that same thing with my own stuff. So that's always how I've operated Instapaper. That's how I that's how I write on my blog. Um the only reason I could do podcasts is because they're scheduled with other people mm-hmm. <laughs> so that at least keeps me on a regular schedule but uh you know I always have that that kind of boosty productivity and so do you have any when you're no, at, I mean
0: I'm not again I'm not asking you for specifics but yeah. can you can you say by looking at the overall whether it's application sales or whatever metric you would use to evaluate the success of of InstaPaper would you say that InstaPaper was more successful because you decided to devote yourself to it completely or do you think you could uh, have just just kept going the way you were going
1: that's a good question i don't know i mean i couldn't stay at tumblr anymore because my job at tumblr was about to become something ridiculously crazy just because of the scale that they were growing at was right. insane and so that wasn't when you wanted Right. And, and I was, and I probably couldn't do it. I mean, that probably was the, the the job that, the job that my old job became, I'm not qualified to do. Mm. (laughs) And so I'm really glad that I wasn't there for that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I left at that time was because the job was about to change dramatically. The company was changing dramatically. So I knew that, you know, that, that had to end. So it's hard for me to really say with Instapaper. I mean, it was doing well before that. But the fact is, you know, today, Back then, you know, almost every industry, almost every product category starts out really simple. You know, like the very first car—it's a car analogy. The very first car was fairly simple. You know, some guy figured out how to how to you know take a frame made of wheels and made it move forward in some kind of powered fashion. Okay, you know that, and then then they got more complicated, and now it takes billions of dollars to start a car company. Um, you know, I think when I, back in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, and even even through two thousand ten. Um if you wanted to start your own read stuff later service it was really easy. Almost everyone who did it was just individuals like me. It's other people like me, you know? So it was really easy to start and that's fine. But today if you wanted to compete in this space today, you would need to have first of all you have to come out on day 1 with really great web, iPhone, iOS and Android apps. And, you know, when I started, it was just the web. And then, you know, six months in, we added the iPhone. You know, so then, and then six months after that, or not even, two years after that or something, added the iPad. And so, it it built, and and then, you know, over the last couple years, Android became relevant, so we had to address that. So, like, the business grew gradually. um, And so, it was fine for smaller companies early on, but now, if you wanted to start one it's pretty much impossible for one person to compete in that space anymore. And even continuing a company, now, if I wanted to continue with Instapaper and keep it competitive and keep it, you know, and this has something to do with competitors, but it's it's actually more about just customer expectations of the market and, and these apps' maturity. Um, now, you would have to come out the door on day one with like five different platform apps, and each of those apps would have to have a bunch of features, really, and not all of it, you know, these apps aren't doing complex things at, at heart. But everything has so many details that you can get wrong or that you cannot consider. So many edge cases. Uh, so the industry itself has grown to the point where individuals can't really compete there anymore. And again, this happens to most industries. Most product categories grow to this point. You know, I'm sure the very first search engine could be run in somebody's garage, but that's no longer the case. Um, so it's hard for me to say You know, to to look back and project, but back to your original question, it's hard for me to say. Like, you know, how much Vince Paper success had to do with me leaving Tumblr. You know, whether you know whether that mattered much or whether I could do it again or anything like that. I really don't know. But I can tell you right now today that one person can't do can't enter this market anymore. And and as I learned over the last year, even with an established base one person can't continue to compete in this market. How many
0: How many markets are there where, you know, and that was the thing you did, you know, you hit on, this is a really, really interesting topic. And people write in a lot uh, asking about this kind, kind of thing. I have an idea. I want to start this thing. And I think for, for a long time, if, if you had a, if you were a, a businessman with an idea, you know, I'm going to go to the bank, get a loan. You could not usually do that unless you had partners, unless you had other people involved. Right. And all of the great stories we hear about startups, going back to the, to the true startup, the Silicon Valley, even look at Apple, all of these companies, you had a few different people. Hey, a guy named Hewlett and a guy named Packard, you know, it, it was always two people or more who would start something like this. And then things kind of changed and you really did have the, the, the success story was the kid in his dorm room writing some code and all of a sudden he's a multimillionaire, maybe a billionaire. And then you had lots of small success stories of, you know, the guy in Brooklyn who writes some code in an evening for the tool that he wants to use and Instapaper is born and you did it by yourself. And for years and years and years since 2008, you ran it by yourself and to to a fault, in some cases, you you know you did everything. You did all the web design. You did the iOS design. You ran the servers. You didn't have to. <laughs> the web run the, design is terrible. You didn't have to run the servers. You didn't have to do that. I I remember the episode where you described why you did it, but you didn't have to do that. But you chose to do that, and it mm-hmm. was possible for you to do those things. And you did get burnt out, and then you were able to, you know, you were able to lucky enough to sell it in such a way that I'm I'm looking at what the people on Twitter say about this they're happy about it they're not they're not like what a jerk he is they're like wow you you sold it to the right place marco you did now, the honestly, right thing
1: honestly i was scared can i say shitless on this show <laughs> i was scared shitless to sell it and to announce this because i really i didn't know how positive the reaction would be because there's a and, and I've gotten some negativity certainly, but way less than I expected, because um, there's a, a oh, lot you'll of get negativity been, no matter what you do or something Oh yeah, mean, on the could, Internet. I could like you know change the size of a font somewhere and yeah. I'll, get, oh, that's, I'll get more negativity than what I got with this <laughs> <laughs> you know but I, uh, I know you know, as we discussed earlier, like, there's so many people have been so burned by, by products they love getting bought and ruined or shut down. I knew that people are really sensitive to this. I'm really sensitive to it when I hear about it from other stuff that I use. So, uh, you know, that's why I, I picked the acquirer very carefully. And I set up the deal very carefully so that there's an incentive for Betaworks to keep this running and healthy long term. Um, and, and so, you know, I tried to do everything I could to make this a really, really good acquisition for everybody. Uh, and, and I think I did. I mean, it, I, you know, time will tell. I really think this is a good thing. And I really think that everyone got a good deal, including the customers. So, uh, so I, you we'll know, I know
0: you go to, you go to lunch a lot, uh, with, uh, like VCs and stuff. You get a lot of them in your, in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Right. Why? I ignore lots of their emails. <laughs> why not go to one of these guys and say, listen, Instapaper, we got, uh, this, you know, We've got this much percent, uh, I think, of, of you know, of, of the iOS user base. We've got this many users. We're making this much money. I think if if I had yeah, 12 million bucks, I think we could really do X, Y, and Z. But I really don't want to be involved in the day-to-day running of this. I just, I want to, I want to go back to doing the stuff that I love. I want to stay involved. But why, instead of selling it, why not? take some money, staff up? Because that was not in your list of the three things that, that was a possible uh, outcome for you.
1: Why? Well, because I don't think most VCs aren't interested in that kind of deal where the founder doesn't come with it. You know, cause
0: Not even with then, all the ones you, you hang out with?
1: Well, because then they have a problem. Then they, then they have a company that's very expensive to them and has no founder. I mean, that's, What if you <laughs> hang
0: out? Well, we, they just want you to hang out for a year. And yeah,
1: that's... I'm, just, that's I'm not saying you did the a, wrong thing. I'm just. I'm curious why that
0: you didn't even explore that as an option. Cause you wanted I, out. You were done.
1: I did. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't want to be involved anymore. Yeah. You know, like I, like I mentioned last night on Twitter that, uh, that for the first time since any of these apps have come out, uh, I was, I actually deleted the competitors apps out of my test apps folder. And in fact, I could delete most of that folder. Cause most of that folder was, was apps that I was testing like URL schemes, launching from Instapaper and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because I've kept those competitors' apps installed so that I know when they update. I know what they add. And when I'm, And honestly, and I talked about this a lot in Build and Analyze, if I was ever doing a feature that they, ought, that they did first, I would go use their app, see how the feature worked, and make sure mine didn't work like that or didn't look like that. Because I really wanted to respect everyone having their own way of doing things, um, even though they, they often didn't respect mine, but oh well. Um, I, I wanted to be able to stop caring about all that crap. I wanted to be able to delete these apps, stop paying attention to these other services, stop caring if somebody copies some idea I have with Instapaper. I really just wanted to get rid of all that, to have that burden off of me. Because I've had this burden on me for five years. Yeah. A- and it's been a great ride and it's been awesome, but I'm done with it. And, and I really want it to be done. I wanted to have a relatively clean break. And, uh, and I think that's what this gives me. You know, I, I, am, I am still advising it, but that's a really easy role. You know, that's, it's not going to be a day-to-day having to care a ton about this kind of role. It's going to be an advisory role. That's what advisory roles are, you know? So it's not going to be like the entire burden of this rests on my shoulders. And because, you know, when, when, I, when I did the magazine, the, um, the, the forward article, the introductory article, up until the last minute, it had a pretty big section in it about Instapaper and about why I wanted to launch a second app. Uh, and I deleted it at the last minute because I realized it really was, you know, this article was more about me and Instapaper than it was about the magazine, and that didn't fit. So I deleted most of that crap. But the gist of it was that I had spent the last few years with this as my, as my primary or only income, um, with Instapapers as my primary or only income, I had spent those last few years dreading every morning waking up and checking my phone. Because every morning, waking up and checking my phone, I might learn about some new startup that mm-hmm. launched, ripped off my entire service, way better than mine, and was killing me. Like I was, it was horrible to feel that kind of stress, the that underlying level of stress, no down all the time. That was horrible. And even though I've architected the servers in such a way that they're pretty low needs. And they don't usually go down. Because I'm still running a web service used by a lot of people with 12 servers, I still and I'm the system in, I still slept with my phone on super loud mode right, right. with all alerts turned on so that if any downtime message came in from a monitoring service overnight, it would wake me up. And I would be afraid if I take like a five-hour plane flight. Uh, you know, is something gonna happen while I'm in the air? And I and I won't know about it if there's no Wi-Fi. Like that that underlying level of stress when you run a major web service or when when you're the only system in for a major web service, uh, that doesn't go away. That's that like it just it's always there in your life. It's a constant underlying stress, and you know you can get rid of that with with monitoring services sometimes, or with um with managed services sometimes, or or you can hire part-time system ins. But oftentimes they won't be able to help you very much just if the problem is like well. Uh, you just need another database server to handle this this spike of traffic right now, or there's some kind of inefficient thing in your code, but we can 't find it because we didn't write your code and it 's too big and complex you know we've i've i've had some experience with managed hosting in the past uh, and it's it's never been that useful because usually the problem is just well you know you're just having a scaling issue right now in some way like, like the problem isn't that isn't something needs more RAM or needs to be rebooted. The problem is deeper than that you know and so a manic service can't help you with that so anyway <laughs> anyway um all
0: right so listen we've got a, yeah. well, we we've got a we've got a bunch of calls uh and I got to do second sponsor so if you sure. want to get a jump on the calls 512-518-5714 a lot of fives a lot of fives 512 518-5714 give us a call we'll take i mean we got a couple people on hold already but yeah, we'll see how many we do Squarespace, you know a little bit about Squarespace now. They're great. All-in-one platform makes it easy to create your own website. That's, that's the gist. For a free trial, you're going to get 10% off. You go to squarespace.com and the offer code that we have here is stooge4. Stooge4. This is what's great about Squarespace is, you know, we're talking about this. We used to talk about adding features and things like that all the time. Build and analyze. This is what these guys always do. They're always updating their platform. Always. They got new designs, they got new features, they got more support. I mean, you start out with a beautiful, amazing looking website. Tons of little options that you can go in and tweak. You can you can pick one of their templates and without using any code, without writing any CSS, you can completely change the look of it, even just by tweaking the colors and the imagery and things like that with their little sliders and little clicking buttons. It's amazing what you can do without having to actually write any code. They've got the most amazing support that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's eight, Marco, eight bucks a month. Eight? Eight bucks a month. This includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. And uh, as I said earlier, you can try Squarespace for free. You don't have to give them a credit card. You don't have to do anything like that. You're going to get 10% off if you use the code STOOGE4. And uh, one of the things that they have, I've been been messing around with this a bunch recently, is they have these uh, connected accounts before I was always talking about the responsive design and all the stuff that they have, but something that's so cool. you can connect you know Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Google, GitHub now. you can connect Dropbox. so if you create a gallery in Dropbox, it can automatically create a gallery on the site for you I mean it's it's so amazing the way that they've built this kind of integration uh, and 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 this is it this is this is where it's at. so go check them out squarespace.com code I want you to use Stooge, and then the number four. Uh, support the show and go get, uh, spend eight bucks a month, get something amazing. Thanks very much to them for making the show possible. 512 518 5714. And uh, you want to do a call? You up for Let's doing do call? it. Yeah. This guy's been on hold forever. His name is supposedly it's Benjamin. Kind Hello? of awkward? Benjamin. <laughs> yes. There he is. Is that your real name, Benjamin, or did you just pick a good one?
2: No, this is that's my real name.
0: Okay, here's what it says: You're in the middle of nowhere. In are you in <laughs> Kentucky? Yes. And you're moving here to Austin. Good move. And you're yeah. wondering you're wondering how to make your mark, how to how to get started out here.
2: Yeah, I've never been in been to Austin, much less lived there, and I had known nobody there other than you know, obviously you and Hattie, uh, and. um I have no idea where to go, you know, as far as, um, you know, getting started, and finding a place to live. And I was wondering, like, for me and also for everybody else, how do you get started in a city you've never been to?
0: Well, I mean, okay, so first of all, what do you do?
2: Um, Right now, I'm in school. Um, I'm learning how how to install network cabling. How old are you? I'm 23
0: today. Happy birthday. Thank you. Do you have a job here? You just moving here in a way of prayer.
2: Um, I will be moving there with a job in, a, in an apartment. I wouldn't do anything else.
0: So you got a job and you get an apartment and that's it.
2: Well, I will, will be moving there until probably January. Um, so, I mean, I, I haven't started looking for a job yet. I'm still working on my education. Um, I'm going to be leaving here with about 11 certifications, um, in in the network cabling and also my A-plus certification.
0: Okay. And you want to know what, how to meet people? Austin's like a super Um, young, it's like a young, I mean, it's a great family town too, but it's like a super young to just go down a rainy street on Friday night. You'll meet everybody you want to meet.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know, like I, I don't have a car. I don't know. Um, I mean, how to, how to even get started in a, in a brand new city? I, I've never moved out really on my own, and, and everything. So I'm, I'm just kind of brand new to to that whole situation.
0: Well, I mean, you're going to move down here. You, you're going to find a job. You meet some people. job at your work. They'll invite you invite you to go do something cool. You do that, and you start meeting people. You're trying to network. You mean networking? I mean, meeting people for your career, or just like getting to know people because it's not. This isn't like a dating show, you know. Um, well,
2: <laughs> no, um, not. I mean, I just don't know how to find a job in a city I've never been to, or or anything like that.
0: So, how do you how do you find a job? I mean, and what's your job going to be in, installing Ethernet cable and stuff? Do people still do that?
2: Um, something like that in fiber
1: optics and.
0: Well that's big here. I mean there's 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 tons of that here. It's a good tech city. I mean, Marco, what do you think for for this guy?
1: I mean, I think I mean for me, I, I mean I've moved i I've moved a few times for jobs, but and I I do it the same way where, you know, I I get the job first and then move forward. You gotta get the job first, Benjamin. Um, you gotta I, I've get never had I never had enough of a cushion to do it any other way. But uh I don't know. I, I think first of all, I think the way you get a job in a new city is the same way you get a job in any, in any other city. I mean, it's the same way you get a job in the city you live in now, which is you go through people you know and you try to figure. If you try to find a personal way into a company. Um, that's 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 the best way to get a job. He otherwise, you send Benjamin stuff blindly.
0: He doesn't know anyone here.
1: Well, so or you know, otherwise, you you know, you send resumes blindly and hope for the best. Yeah. Um yeah, but that's I mean, the same that's, thing whether you exactly live there or not. Right. But, that's exactly, I, and what I think you do. I think for the for the rest of it, I think once Benjamin, I think once you get there. Um, you know, assuming assuming you can get some kind of job to pay the bills and, and get you there, um, you know, get you started for a few months, then I think the way you establish yourself, the way you branch out and and kind of plant yourself in a new city, is by basically saying yes to everything. Like if your coworkers are going to go out for drinks after work, say yes. If you know, if you can get if there's any kind of like local user groups for for things that you, well, I guess I don't know how it works in the in the hardware and networking fields but like with the software field there's like there's programmer groups and of different languages and things in each city you know go to those things find stuff like that for your field and go to those things go to events um go to you know go to meetup.com go to meetups but, but the I'll biggest you, thing I'll is
0: I'll tell you what I'm worried about Marco for for Benjamin here I'll tell you what I'm worried about for him is he's not in a job like like when when you and I have a job we don't have real jobs no but back in the days when when we did you know, you and I could say, well, I've been, I have this degree. I've been a developer here. I worked at this thing. And, and, and it's easier for you to distinguish yourself. And this is still true. It's easier for you to distinguish yourself today. If you're something like a software developer and you can say, here's my, here's the application I built. Here's my code on GitHub. Here are these other people that I collaborated with. Benjamin's showing up and he's like, look, I've got these certifications, but it's, it's, I think it's going to be tougher For him coming from somewhere else, coming from out of town, when there's probably plenty of people in already in town who are doing this kind of thing. And, and look right now, Marco, I'm trying to hire a rails developer for a freelance uh, project. And you know what? I would much rather have somebody here in Austin, even though I know there's great talent and I'm a big fan of virtual working and everything. But you know what? I want to support my local rails community. So I want to hire someone from my local community. That's why I want someone who's here in Austin. People are like, well, I'm in Houston. I can drive down. Great. If there's a freelance Rails developer here in Austin, I'm going to hire them first because they're here and I want to support our community. So if this guy is not in town yet and there's somebody else who's just as qualified to do something, and and, and Benjamin, I don't mean to be belittling your work. I know it's challenging work. I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with it, and I know it's challenging work. I'm just saying it's yet another obstacle. I would think what Marco is saying is absolutely right uh, but, but you've got to start applying to places and start, why are you waiting till January? What's in January?
2: Um, well, I won't have all of my certifications and everything until
1: then.
0: So yeah. Why waiting? Why waiting to apply till then you send an, you send the email, or you apply for the job now and say, I'll have my certifications in January.
1: Like, is, is it possible to go like be an apprentice or like an intern, mm, like, like learning that. like with someone else who is certified until then? Is that possible? I don't know. I don't know how the business works. Um, I, I
2: don't know. I haven't looked into it, I guess enough.
0: Look into it. This is what I want you to do, Benjamin, right now. I want you to go and start yeah. researching this and, and pick the job that you want to do. Imagine the job that you want to do. Pick it. Start looking at all the job boards. I don't know what they use today. Go look at the job boards. Start looking at the qualifications for those jobs See if you have those Mm -hmm. qualifications or what you need to do to get those qualifications and start talking to those people. I would have absolutely no problem if I was hiring for a job, if somebody got in touch with me and said, listen, I'm not qualified to do this job, but I want to work for your company. What do I need to do to get this job? What do I need to do to qualify for this job the next time you have an opening? Listen, I got to let you go, Benjamin. Thanks for the call. Good luck to you.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Bye. It's easier for
1: software developers to distinguish themselves and, than somebody who's doing that kind of work. I will say, though, I mean, we, we actually talked about this a long time ago, probably like two years ago. Um, but, you know, have you ever found somebody who installs network cables who you like? No. Right. So if you can actually stand well, out I found and one do guy. that really I found well. one guy. Okay. <laughs> Still, most people, I think the, I think the answer is going to be no on yeah, that. In
0: 20 years, I found <laughs> one guy.
1: <laughs> so I think, I think if you can, you know, if, if you can do that business well, then word of mouth will carry you forever. You just have to get started. That's the hard part.
0: I mean, I I don't know if I at first I thought, well, you know, why not start your own business? But that's way too. He's got to he's got to go and work for. I think there's enough businesses around here. But seriously, the social thing will take care of itself. You just you just show up in Austin and you're gonna have, you're gonna wind up with friends. Yeah, just say yes to everything. Yeah, just show up. All right, hang on. Let's get this guy. Juan from Orlando. Yep. Yeah. Big where father, where are you in your uh, people always call from their bathrooms? Hear me? Yes, I hear you. They <laughs> always call from their bathrooms or their garages. It's always an echo happening there. Where are you, Juan?
1: <clears throat> They're on a spider phone. He's on speaker I'm, phone. I'm,
0: he's,
3: sorry, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I'm, I'm not, but I'm just in my den here. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can okay. hear you. What are you doing in Orlando? Get out of there!
3: I know. I wish I were in a Vito, in a in a huge house like you were, but. I mean, it's Little House in Maitland.
0: <laughs> Maitland's not bad. I got, um, I got married in the Maitland Arts Center.
3: Yeah, uh, it's a great place, actually. Um, uh, and and I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that place because um, I know that then you know uh, where I'm located. And um, and that's the problem that I have. Uh, I, I've been an entrepreneur
0: most of my life. Okay so and, what, so you mean uh, how are you an entrepreneur if you don't have a good idea
3: well because i've been an, I've been an entrepreneur most of my life I mean I created uh, three different business that uh, at some point were successful and at some point failed for different reasons and um, the problem that I have right now is that I don't have a great idea or a good idea or an idea that allows me to jump from a job that I have right now in the finance business to uh, something else, and it's it's frustrating because and and the reason I'm coming back to Maitland is because I own commercial space in, in Maitland and uh, pretty close to where that um, the place that you mentioned a minute ago, that I have yeah. a community center, and I. I don't have a good idea for a business, I have the planes, I have the, the, the I'm a treatment person,
0: I don't have a good idea. It, it, it just kind of infuriates me. Well, I mean, I, so here, here's here's the interesting thing, Marco, I know is probably going to have something to say about this, but it's yep. not it's not having the good idea. It's having the ability to execute on the idea that, that that's, that's the difference. Anybody can have an idea. It's being able to turn that into a business. Sounds like you have, if you've been an entrepreneur, how many years have you been? How many businesses? Wait wait a minute. Hang on a second. When you say entrepreneur, what does that mean to you? Cause I almost hey, never use that
3: business? term. A business, making it work. That's for me, an entrepreneur person who, who is always looking for opportunity.
0: And so you've, have you started businesses in the past? Yes. What have you done? What have you done before?
3: Uh, no, I was uh, I was at some and uh, the last business uh, I was a mortgage broker. Okay. And uh, it it worked pretty well until 2008, and then and things stopped. Right. Things stopped.
0: What were you before that?
3: Um, I'm I'm sorry to say it again.
0: What What were you doing before you were in a, as a mortgage working as a mortgage broker?
3: I was a, I was a mortgage
0: underwriter. Okay, so you spend a lot of time. You know housing pretty well. You know the it, was it commercial real estate or or uh selling homes? No,
3: it's uh, residential.
0: So I mean, if you're you you've got there's got to be tons and tons of things going on in residential real estate today that you could improve on. Start there, or are you done with that? You want to get out of that.
3: Mm no it's not necessarily that it's because there's uh, there's no real opportunity there with, uh, right now with the new regulation and uh and and you know the banks uh pretty much took over until the financial crisis and uh, so it's extremely extremely difficult to to be in that business but i'm not uh focused focused on that business it doesn't have to be that business i mean it's it, it when I speak to, it's not just me. Obviously, I speak to other people, and 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 they have the same problem. They they they, they don't have a, like a great idea, um, and and that, that's the problem. I mean, obviously, when you have a a great idea, you have to execute on it in some way, and uh, but if it's frustrating, I'm sorry, for me at least. I mean, obviously, uh, other people have ideas, but.
0: Mark when you when you thought up when you thought up InstaPaper it was scratching your own itch right it was the kind of thing where you said this is a problem that I've identified that I want I want to write something that's going to fix this I want to fix this
1: yeah I mean I think that's where most good ideas come from is like you know you, you identify a real need that you have and chances are you know people are a lot less unique than they think they are <laughs> like they're, they're, rather their ideas are a lot less unique than you, than you think they are usually uh whatever, whatever time you, uh, you come up with some idea, usually you're not the first person to have come up with that idea. Um, usually, you know, you might, maybe no one else has executed on it before. Um, maybe other people have executed on it and you just didn't hear about it or can't find it. Um, maybe they executed poorly on it and it disappeared. Um, but generally ideas aren't that unique. And, and when you have an idea for a problem that you're facing yourself, usually other people have had that exact same problem. Usually a lot of other people. And, uh, So, you know, that's, you know, I I don't, I I don't think that highly of of the idea of like, oh, I'm just, I'm sitting around waiting for an idea to come to me. Um, Usually it doesn't, it doesn't just hit you like that. That's not really how, how ideas come up. Um, Usually it's, it's more of an organic or iterative process. Like, you know, oh, I was doing this combination of things and then it led to this issue I had. And, you know, now I, now I don't know what to do, you know, so, or, or just like I've been doing this thing, I have this problem in my life, and uh, I wish I could do it better, or, or I wish it was better or easier to do this, or I wish this this thing I use had this other feature or this other use. Um, ideas are usually built off of other ideas. Is what I'm what I'm saying in a very long winded way. So uh, the other th- the other half of this is you know what Dan said earlier uh, that execution is generally more important than ideas. You know the last caller. Um, doesn't sound like he's going to be doing an original idea immediately. He he's going to be to inst- he's going to be installing network cables. And as we said after he called, uh, there's probably a really great business to be had in just doing that relatively old idea, uh, just doing it really well. Because you know we we all not well not we all almost nobody needs network cables installed anymore. <laughs> but the few people who do, <laughs> like me and you, the crazy ones who get it installed on our house. Yeah. Um, you know that's something that you can't really find a good person to do it. Like, if you're a plumber and you're the best plumber around, you're going to have infinite business because everyone needs a good plumber and it's hard to find. You know, so you know if you do an old idea and just do it well, that's enough. You, you know, you don't need to come up with something totally original. Um, and the old idea comes with even less risk because it's been proven. Um, you know, Instapaper when it started out. Uh, was really just a slight modification of delicious it was okay I don't want to have to enter all these fields every time I use the bookmarklet of entering the title and description and tags and everything I just want to save this thing in a list and then get it later that was the original idea was take delicious and remove a bunch of features and remove one click um, that was just literally solving a problem I had so you know it's it wasn't like one day I woke up and said oh suddenly I have this idea for this service that saves all these things and syncs everything between your devices and saves it offline. And maybe someday Apple will make a smartphone to, to uh, do this. And maybe they'll make a, a tablet later on to make this easier to read on. Uh, you know, that, that all came iteratively afterwards built on the original needs and original idea. So I think maybe you're looking at this wrong. Uh, I think maybe you don't need to be waiting around for one idea to strike you uh, out of the blue. I, I think instead you should maybe look at Look at the kinds of things that you do. Look at the kinds of things that you can do, that you like doing. And just see if you can make a business for yourself doing old ideas. And you know, it's very possible that new ideas will arise from that once you start, that, you'll, that you will build upon. But you don't need to sit around waiting for an idea before you can start a business.
0: All right. So listen, uh, good luck to you, Juan. Thank
3: you. All right. Once you, so much, figure, guys, once you figure, once you figure out what
0: you're going to do, call us back and tell us how you're doing.
3: I will. All right. Thanks a lot, Marco. Thanks a lot, Dan. Take, Take care. Time.
0: Anytime. And I think, uh, look, I, 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 I think that's kind of a romanticized notion that you're sitting there one day, and like a bolt of lightning, you have an idea, and you jump up and shout "Eureka!" and you, and you, you go and start writing code, or you know.
1: Yeah, that doesn't usually happen. Like I'll occasionally have that for a feature. For a feature, right. Maybe like or like a design decision. <laughs> yeah.
0: But like like not not for like the whole of a business. No, no, definitely not. And I think, you know, I think people are uh you know, I, I people outside people in this space, I think that's one misconception. I think the other misconception is that if you have a good idea, you'll be successful.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, idea people are the worst.
0: You know. The, oh, I had this idea. I'll, all I have to do is have the right idea, and I'll be a, I'll be a multi millionaire Yeah.
1: Somehow money will rain down upon me, right. and that'll be it. I'll be I'll be set for life because I had an idea.
0: <laughs> that that uh, I think that I think that was true a hundred years ago. Not even then, really. Yeah. Maybe not. You know, I, I all, think, all you had to I do was figure something out,
1: and, and and it would work. You know. I think like that that myth of that being the case is what keeps the patent legislation the way it is because people think it's a good idea because they think that'll happen to them. Uh, That's a different issue though. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's do two. We'll do two more calls and we're going to be done. All right. And then this guy, Phil, he's in Seattle. No, not, not Phil Schiller. Oh, he he just moved to Seattle. He, He has no job and he has advice for Benjamin and other people like him. Like Benjamin, Phil, are you on? I am here. Hi, Phil.
2: So yeah, I um, just moved to Seattle. Um, thanks for taking my call, then Sure thing. Um, so yeah, how old, how old are you? Reinvented Phil? myself. I am. Uh, I'm 39. Okay. So
0: reinvented yeah, I, yourself.
2: Uh, I, what's that?
0: You reinvented yourself.
2: Um. Yeah, a while back. I was basically a corporate stooge. I was an IT help desk guy at Oracle. Oh, that's um, it. That's Network. the.
0: That's what I'm talking about.
2: Phil, that's
0: oh, yeah. the corporate stooge. I, Describe it, your job. Oh, Tell exactly. me about your job. Except
2: that I had a pretty short commute.
0: Tell okay. me your job. What was it? What's that? Walk uh, me well, through, uh, through a day in, in your life. Back when you were well, at a corporate stooge <laughs> level.
2: Yeah, that was... Uh, you know the team I worked with at Oracle was great, but it's just one of those jobs where um, it's uh, maybe some people can do it, but uh, it's just you're always the guy that gets called when there's a problem. Whatever the phone rings, you start to dread the phone ringing because there's a problem It's terrible and it's your fault. Usually, yep. uh, I wasn't just supporting users; I was supporting uh, salespeople. So, um, oh, that's the everything worst. Is an even bigger emergency. So I I switched from that and became a full-time freelancer. I went from a full-time job to a three-month contract, uh, which was nerve-wracking. But um, that worked out. I've been doing freelance uh, rails development for the last, I guess, four and a half years or so. Um, But we just picked up and moved to Seattle. Um, And, of course, I was between gigs. So it seemed like, well, maybe this is a good time to move. But now I'm out here. And, of course, in Minneapolis, I knew everyone. Out here, I don't know hardly anyone. So uh, finding a new gig has been more challenging than I expected. So now I'm I'm trying to figure out do I go all in, keep looking for a contract or freelance gig? Do I, uh, you know, take a full-time programming job somewhere? Um, yeah. How much, of a, how much of a right
0: financial now. cushion do you have, Phil, before you've got to
2: get worried? Um, I probably, <laughs> I got, Probably took, I got May paid for.
0: Um, oh, you're cutting it close, May, man. You're cutting it close now.
2: I'm cutting it really close. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the last contract I had, they were paying on like a net 45 or net 55 basis. So I still have income coming in from that. But yeah, that's going to run out. It's going to get me through through May and maybe the first maybe the first couple of weeks of June if I'm, I'm lucky.
0: And you set aside 30% uh, so, of that for taxes already, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. That's you know, taxes are taxes are taken care of. All right. Um, But yeah. So I'm just. uh, So what kind of job are you looking
0: for right now? If if we have someone in Seattle who's listening, maybe Virginia can hook up with somebody. She won't call the show anymore. uh, That you're. Um. What what job do you want? You're in Seattle. What job do you want?
2: Um, I would, like, love to keep doing what I'm doing. I'd love to, to do more Rails stuff um, or more JavaScript stuff. I'm getting into Ember JS and some of those kind of front-end frameworks, and uh, I think that would be a really interesting space also. Uh, Ember backbone. Ember's in particular is really cool. But, you know, really, I have, you know, we have a two-year-old. Uh, I'm married. And we picked a house in the center of town. We had to move without really being here. So we picked this house but the rent is not, you know, it's not cheap. So I've kind of got myself into where, uh, yeah, I need, I need to get going on finding something real
0: soon. Yeah, I mean, I, here's what I would do. I normally, I would tell somebody, you know, give yourself 30 days. You don't have 30 days. You've got almost no, you've got almost <laughs> right. no time. So what's your fallback. I want to hear what your fallback plan is, Phil. What happens if in two weeks, because that's reasonable two weeks, if in two weeks you don't have right. another lead on a good contract that's going to carry you for three months, what do you do? What's your fallback? Do you move back to Minneapolis?
2: No, um, well, we've moved. I mean, I drove a U-Haul out here. Who's uh, we? Hang
0: on. Who's we? A car. I
2: mean,
0: we who? What's that? Who's we?
2: We? Um, my, myself, my wife, my son, who's two years old. And you support um, them, right? You're, you're supporting here, them.
0: So. Do you support them? Yes. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't work?
2: She has not been working. she's a graphic designer, but uh she's basically been just taking care of uh of our two year old for the last uh well close to two years so
0: you're re- you're um, really kind of so- close, man. you're really kind of close
2: <laughs> yeah
0: now I'm see this yeah, marco I mean, this the is the kind of thing, thing that makes is- me nervous. This is the kind of thing What's I that- hear marco marco every week something like this comes up, yeah. and I I start to worry.
1: Yeah. That's, that's yeah, a little too I mean, close for comfort. The fortunate
2: thing is there's work out there. Um, it's just that the interview process, even for contracts, it's not, you know, it takes some time and then they could come back and say, well, you know, we really like talking to you, but you know, maybe next time.
0: You ever been honest with me ever said, listen, I'm, I've got to get something right now. I mean, that sounds desperate, but you're desperate. Let's be honest. You're (laughs) dead. You you should. And if you listen, listen, Phil, Phil, this is serious. You better, you better be desperate right now because you got a wife and you better better be freaking out. I want you to start freaking out.
2: Oh, I've been freaking out. Okay.
0: (laughs) So if, if, if you you say there's work out there, why don't you have it?
2: Us, um, so far, I've been. Uh, everyone I talked to has been. Oh yeah, send in a, you know, talk to us, fill out this resumé or, uh, you know, do you know, come to this interview. So I've been how many interviews, interviews have you been on every week?
0: Every one a week? What's that? One a week?
2: No, um, I've had either one every week or or multiple, but usually it's it's always a process. It's what their schedule is. And so I had a, you know, I had couple interviews this past week, one two at least, and then I have another one scheduled for next Tuesday. Um, probably so you're, you're out there. Interviews with you're, you're, places. you're hustling. Yeah. Oh, as I'm, Gary, I'm not just Gary here, uh, you know, building a rails app and, and hoping I can, um, <laughs> you know, put ads on it or something. <laughs> right. Um,
0: and none of them, how, uh, so how many interviews, there, yeah. hang on, how many interviews have you been on? How many job applications have you filled out? Just guess for me. You don't have to break them all down with five, 20,
2: um, yeah, upwards of five or six. Some of those, like I started when I was back in Minneapolis doing phone interviews and some of those turned into onsite interviews here in town. So far, both the first two just didn't work out. They, uh, either went with a different candidate or they decided they weren't hiring right now. Um, and then I have others still in process. Some are contracts. Uh, some would be full time, but right now, um, you know, I love contracting, freelancing, kind of the independence, but Yeah, right now it's kind of in a place where um, as long as I'm doing something like Rails or like programming that I like to do, it's not going to be like going back to to tech support or something. So I can take a full-time job. I I can do that. Um, Although contract would be uh,
0: Here's Here's my advice. Here's my advice. Marco, you, you may have something different. My advice to you is very simple. Okay. At this point, you need income... From any source, whether it's one source, multiple source, full-time, part-time, freelance, doesn't matter. It's true. You need income coming in and you got to take whatever the next thing is that you can get, whether it's beneath you or not. And and you use that as a stepping stone or a gateway to get what you're actually looking for. But right now you need a paycheck coming in so that you can pay your bills, so that your wife and kid are, are, you know, are in good shape and you keep the family happy. Yep. That's what you need to do. And, and, and you know what? Maybe you got to go work at a fast food restaurant for a while until you get what you need. You see what I'm saying? I mean, that, that's, that's where you might, in, in, in four to six weeks, that's where you're going to be. And that would suck, wouldn't it? So maybe, Um, maybe you can, maybe that will motivate you to. You know, to find something in between. Up start applying for jobs that are, are you're you're well, well, very well qualified for. Sure. That have less competition maybe, or where you'll really, really stand out against competition because you're experienced, because you know more. And you know what? If you're at you that job for a month and then you find something that's more suited to you, or you start to get the inroads with uh with the community out there. And you start to be able to say, listen, man, I'm doing this job and it was just, it's what I could get when I moved out here. You know, as an employer, what Marco does not want to be, as an employer, you have employees, you have people who work for you. Your hope is that they're happy. Your hope is that they're there to stick around and to do a good job and to be part of uh, the team that you're building. The reality is they can quit. They can go somewhere else if they're unhappy. And all of that time and all of that work and all of the money and resources that you spent getting them integrated and involved and part of the team and, uh, and, 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 you know, making them part of your company, it gets thrown out when they do that. But that's the risk that you have. And that happens. And sometimes that happens a little bit. Sometimes it happens a lot. Hopefully you can give them a good reason to stick around. But that's the risk that the employer is going to take when they hire you. And you know what? Maybe this job they say, man, you're way too overqualified. We just had an opening. You can have your boss's job, and there's your job. You have no idea what sure. could happen. But I just, I just sure. think, I just think you need to start uh, getting income right now, immediately. Take the next thing you can get. I'm worried,
1: Marco. What do yeah. you have different yeah, advice I've- for him? No, I'm. I have the same advice as you. I mean, I, I think everyone who listens to the show knows that if. If there's a good reason to not go get a job, you will be the one to tell them that. But uh, in this case, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm very risk averse with, uh, with money, especially. And and uh, I would never think of of uh, scraping it this close, honestly. that's and, I'm, I'm uh, scared now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd be very uncomfortable. Yeah, this, this is time. really close.
0: All right, so listen. I know we have some people in the audience who were, are in Seattle, besides just Virginia, who won't call the show anymore. So I want for uh, for them to uh, call in, email us, and uh, help this guy out. Call call us back in a few weeks and let me know because I just feel I just want to relax. I want to know you're Sounds all right.
2: Good, thanks, man. All right, and
0: then, you know what else I want to hear about? I want to hear from your wife. Why uh, you know what she thinks about all this? Maybe she call in <laughs> next week have her call. Yeah, in.
2: we can try and do that.
0: You watch the kid I'll for, see, for a few. You is. can watch a kid for 10 minutes while she calls in, trust me. All right, talk to you soon, Phil. All right. Good luck. Thanks, Dan. Marco, I have two categories of people. Sure. People I'm worried about, people I'm not worried about. He's in the first category.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh that just hearing about that makes me nervous.
0: I'm very nervous. Do you have time for one more or are you done? You're out. I can do one more. Okay last call it has a quotes around the the name george nice hey hi george are you you're in seattle how old are you
2: uh i am 29
0: 29 wonderful age yep and you were yep. just let go from your job
2: i was just let go earlier this week um i'd uh uh felt like I wasn't really contributing much and things weren't going anywhere. And the more I pushed back, the the less, uh, response I got from work and just kind of got apathetic and started working on more side projects. And, uh, thankfully a couple of the side projects panned out. So I'm not, uh, completely without income right now, but, um, yeah, I just got let go. Um, a little bit unexpected or a little bit sooner than I thought, but, um, I don't know, honestly, a little bit uh, kind of disappointed with myself that I didn't quit before they uh, canned me. But uh, I remember that one episode where, you know, you talked about that experience you had walking into uh, your boss's office and saying, I quit, you know, right before uh, he was about to fire you. Such an idiot. I so, was so stupid. I was younger <laughs> yeah. than you, though. So, so. uh, I took that to heart and just kind of, um, I don't know. I felt that (laughs) I I felt I was working at the level commensurate with what they were paying me and how they were treating me as an employee. Okay. And, uh, you know, and then eventually it just wasn't working for either of us. So they let me go.
0: Did you get a severance?
2: No, no severance. Um, just paid up through, I essentially got like a two week vacation, um, paid up through the end of the month and then, uh, I'm done. So, um, don't really know what I want to do next. Uh, I code some, but I'm horrible at it. Uh, I we, we I'm all are trust me. in Seattle.
0: Uh, so you're going to stay in so, Seattle or are you going to move?
2: I'm going to stay in Seattle. I like it here.
0: You have a family or anything like that?
2: Um, no family is actually, um, coincidentally, the cell, the guy who just called in Family's back in Minnesota. So that's where I grew up, but yeah, I, I don't really have a plan. Um, I'm not in as dire of a situation uh, income wise or savings wise. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what I want to do. I, I know I'd like to get better at coding because I like it as a hobby. Why do you say I, you're ho- I, why do you say you're <laughs>
0: horrible at it instead of saying I'm I'm inexperienced?
2: Uh, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Huh? I don't know. Um, I mean, like I've been, I I've been writing, a lot
0: of- I've been writing code for, for decades and I know I'm not, not that great. I can, I do an okay job. I'm, I'm, I'm competent. But if, if you're just getting started out, if, well, it, it's not being horrible. It's just, you haven't, you haven't learned it. You just have to learn. Good point. It. I mean, Marco, Marco and, uh, you know, is, is a big proponent of just rolling up your sleeves and doing it the way I am. And I don't think Marco, did you? Did you go to school for code? Remind me, I can't remember.
1: I did, yeah. I, although I was a terrible student and just barely made it through and had a terrible GPA. Yeah, but I, I do in fact have a computer science degree. <laughs> but I mean, look, the, I mean, most people, you know, if you're, if you're reasonably smart and, and can think somewhat logically, uh, you can program if you want to. Uh, the the challenge mostly is most people just don't enjoy it because programming is a very, um, it's a very frustrating pursuit until stuff works and you spend, you know, it alternates between frustration and excitement that you just built something and it's working and, Oh my God, that's awesome. And then more frustration when you try to find something else or you try to add something or move on or you find a bug. Um, And so a lot of people just can't handle the frustration part of it. It's not interesting enough to them. And, and the highs when it works aren't high enough to offset that. Um, And that's pretty much usually what determines like if you're, if you're, if you have the mental capacity to program at all, Um, what makes you good or bad usually is just how much you love it. Uh, And that kind of leads to that. But yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you don't love it, then you don't love it.
2: Yeah. No, and I I don't think I I have enough experience. I know I like doing it and it's fun and it's interesting, um, but I I don't, I've never been in a uh, environment where my paycheck and my livelihood were dependent on me doing that. So I don't know how that would affect Um. You know like I, I also do photography for as a, as a hobby but i if I had to be a photographer for a living i I would probably hate myself because I just I don't want to do it as that and so I'm toying with the idea of uh you know starting to uh like maybe going to like they have a the code fellows uh it's like a five week intensive course in rails um in Seattle here and I thought about doing something like that because
0: can you I afford have the it? money and yeah. I mean if you can if you can afford it, something like that is a really great way, number one, to learn and number two, to find out by doing it if it if it's for you or not. Those things are really, really yeah. great at, at at both of those things. Cause if you if you find, wow, I enjoyed this, when you get out of there, you are very, very qualified to work as a developer. You're very qualified after one of those things. Uh they've got some of those here. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, you're going to know once you're a few weeks into it, if it's for you or not, I don't know what, you know, most people, when you pay for that, like you've paid for it, you can't get your money out if you're miserable after three weeks. But if you're willing to, to take that risk and say, really, you feel like it's the kind of thing that you want to do, uh, you know, you're going to walk out of there as a you're going to be a rails developer and you're going to be competent enough to start Working at a, at a you know at an entry level programmer job, uh, maybe doing freelance work uh, or whatever. But it doesn't sound to me like you're too worried about uh, how you're going to pay your bills for the next few months, right?
2: Uh, I I I have income coming in from a couple of side projects. Basically, I'm just going to have to spend less money. I'll, I'll be all right. Um, but the the side projects are are uh, by no means guaranteed. Like they're they're probably going to start falling off. Uh, within the next month or two years. So I do have, you know, two, three months of a window, but, um, the, the code fellows thing is actually, I, I think I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to throw it on the 4k because it's, it's comes with a guarantee of they will find you a job afterwards or you get uh 3000 of, of the 4,000 back. I
0: so mean, that's, that's a pretty sweet deal. Um, I think, I think it's going to teach you pretty quick, not just rails, but if you like that business or not. And, uh, and it, it, it sounds like you're, you're probably, I mean, I don't know you, but I would guess that this is probably the last opportunity you're going to have to do something like this because pretty soon, you know, you're going to start having a mortgage. You might have a family, you might have other responsibilities, you know, you're, you're going to turn, you're not, you're not going to be 29 forever. And all of a sudden yeah. it's, you're no, going to be, you're going to be 35, you're going to be 39 like our last caller, and you're going to have a family to support, and you're going to say, "Man, I really wish I just spent four K to be a Rails developer, and I could have done that." And you know, now here I am, you know, stock and shelves somewhere. All no, right, so, if, so that's my um, advice. Well, that's Phil my advice. I go do it.
2: Having coffee next week, and I'm not worried about them at all. So yeah, be gentle. I, be I gentle. Think he's going to do fine out here. Be gentle with him.
0: All right, Marco. Anything for George before we go?
1: No, I think you nailed it.
0: All right, George. Good luck to you. Right. Thanks, Dan. Bye. All right. So if you want to call in and uh, leave me a voicemail, you can do that at 512-222-8141.
1: Please voicemail Dan.
0: Voicemail me. You can uh, send me email and please do that. 5 by 5. TV slash contact. Pick quit. Make sure to check the little box. that lets me know if you want to uh, have your story read on the show. I think in another week or two, we'll be doing another uh, email focus show. Marco, you got marco.org. You got the magazine, you got Marco Arment on Twitter, Marco on Alpha, and uh, Mystery Apps coming out soon. You've got a, a show that you do. Where do people go for that?
1: ATP.fm for the Accidental Tech Podcast. And uh,
0: you do that weekly. That's right. Okay, so go check that out. What episode are you up to me?
1: Uh 10. Just published 10 today. That's
0: right, a good even number.
1: Yep. And
0: uh, it's good talking again, Marco. Eh? Yeah, you too. This is fun. You know, I, I would say best of luck. You don't need it. You got the minus <laughs> minus touch. Be talking again in another two or three years. Uh, then I sold that thing.
1: <laughs> right. Well, hopefully, I mean, you know, newspaper lasted me five years. And you know, now I'm thinking, like, all right, what do I want to be doing for the next five years? Yeah. Well, I, I think long long term in the tech business is five years.
0: Yeah. Though no, that's very that is very long term. But I'll put all those links into the show notes. The show notes are at five by five by slash quick slash twenty one all those links to Marco's stuff. And uh, Marco, thank you so much for being here today. It was cool to talk again. And uh, again, lots of places for people to go to, to keep up the date with you.
1: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for letting me Take hijack care. your show at the last minute. Of course. Good luck to you. Thank you. Not that you need it. <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> all right, man. Take care of yourself.
1: You too.